gang how are you doing it is another hot lap podcast i hope you're all doing well i've been asking you for questions and i've done it again i fucking left it far too late to ask you for questions so i've got a couple because people jumped on it quickly but i i need to start asking you a couple of days beforehand i know that i will do better but i juggle a lot of plates here at musty audio labs so um it's one of those one of those things it's been a bit quiet um, on the on the old Formula One news front, but I found a few uh, a few interesting little things that that got me got me going a bit. I watched the on um, onboard lap with uh, Anthony Davison did one for Sky. I don't think he was driving the car in the, the simulator car, but um, he he talked through the lap of the twenty twenty Vietnam Grand Prix. Now I'd only seen stills of this sim lap and the more i looked at it i thought you know what that might be interesting it might be all right i know it's it's kind of a bad time for them to release pictures of another street circuit isn't it given the the ball well not ball fest it wasn't a boring boring race back here it just wasn't as good as the rest of the action that happened in every other session apart from the sunday race so it's maybe people feel a bit down about street circuits at the moment i personally think that Street circuits probably, if the track's wide enough, i.e. Singapore, uh, most of Baku, if the track's wide enough for two cars to overtake each other and for cars to actually race, it's probably it's probably more interesting than what we get given uh, as racetracks now. You know, it, when you th- when you think of all the racetracks that have been brought in, I personally think the only standout one is Austin. Uh so you know it's if if you bring a if you bring a new track that's been designed we are more likely to get hit with a china than we are with an austin i think most of the time so a, a new street circuit i i don't mind i think the this whole move to get like motorsport back towards the people i think I, I think it's it's a move in the right direction i, I think it's formula formula respurred on to be perfectly honest they seem to be a to be sort of pushing pushing in that direction. Well, I mean they're all they're all street circuits, but you know, they that whole like access to the sport seems bigger. Maybe it's only because there's three people there's only three people watching it. So they actually know the audience by name, but I'm not sure. But yeah, I I I think it looks like a decent track. It looks um it's got a massive straight, like a massive straight. Now what worries me about that is that DRS will be a slam dunk down there I'd have thought you know it's I've, it's obviously it was just doing this on a sim car but like half the straight the guy was at um, was at full throttle very near so I, I would imagine that DRS would be such a powerful thing and as I said on the last podcast I I appreciate it in a way because it does let it does give the illusion of action but I, I really do miss the the chasing and all of a sudden someone just throwing one up the inside B 
because it, it, a DRS is almost like overtakes in the pit lane for me now. Remember when drivers never used to take, never used to overtake cars because they they had like men with calculators sat in the garage working out how they could jump them just through the pit stops. It feels like that to me now. It's like, well, I don't need to overtake here because in five corners time, I'm just going to dump all that downforce and like later. So who knows? But anyway. Looked like a good track. I don't. I, I think people were quite negative about it, so I just want to say some positive things about it because I don't think it deserved the negative reaction that it got. Uh, the other thing I found interesting today is the fact that um, I think the story was posted um, a couple of yeah. Oh no, it was posted yesterday. Uh, I thought it was a couple of days ago or last week. Um. The, the term in Formula One goes, never believe anything until it's been officially denied. I found it very interesting that Christian Horner has come out and said that he's totally confident that they're going to keep Max Verstappen past 2020. Apparently Mercedes are interested in it, which I find fascinating because I struggle to think about a Mercedes team with Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Don't get me wrong... I would like to see it, but I I struggle to think how they would get on as a team. That's crazy in my ideas. They're like crazy. You're you you're back to a t- you're back to a a team there where they 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 would be constantly on the radio worried worried about them running into each other. You'd think. I'd like to see it. I think I actually think um, until Lewis hits that plateau that. All sportsmen hit at some point. I I I think he would take care of him. I don't I don't think Max has quite got it in him at the minute to beat a Lewis Hamilton. Um, but I'm sure there's I'm sure there's plenty of you disagreeing with me right now, tutting and stuff and saying Hamilton fanboy. Um, but it's okay because another two podcasts down the road and somebody will be going, "Oh my God, why do you hate Hamilton?" Um. So. Apparently, the, the interesting part of this is that Max Verstappen has a performance clause in his contract that if he doesn't, if it doesn't look like he can win a world championship in a Red Bull, that he can he can leave the team. Now, his contract's up in twenty twenty, so that's fine. The the contract's up. So the only reason that performance clause thing could have been can be dropped into this article is if there's thoughts that he might leave this year. And I find that massively interesting. I think um, both Esteban Ocon and George Russell probably find it massively frustrating if uh, Mercedes are courting Max Verstappen as well. But, I mean, could we? Would you? Let's face it. Let's really think about this for a second. Where is Where's Red Bull? Right now, they haven't done a good job on the aero, and that's that was always the Red Bull thing. You know, it's the, the engine's a bit slow, but we can we can make it up aero wise. The Honda engine seems pretty good. Max Verstappen is, or, or has, he said he's at peace with the fact that he's going to have to take engine penalties uh, because Honda's going to try and catch Mercedes. But I can. I I really think if he's if if they're still in the same situation, they are in, I don't know, summer break, 
that maybe that maybe these like chats with Toto Wolf might be a, a lot more interesting. I mean, he, I think he'd be an idiot to go to Ferrari. You know, it's Ferrari have proven that they're they're completely incapable of sorting out driver problems. So he'd be a fool to go there. Mercedes have done a really good job in the past, even with the Rosberg Hamilton situation, we got massively personal. They've done a really good job at managing drivers. So maybe my thought about them not being able to have Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton in the same team is unfounded. I think you would have to say Mercedes must have a half an eye on a younger number one driver because Lewis is 32 now, I believe. I can't remember how old he is. And he's one of those people like I like Sebastian Vettel. I wouldn't surprise me if Sebastian Vettel retired like this year. After I think he could quite happily. I think the difference is Sebastian Vettel would probably retire, do a bit, of, do a bit of other racing somewhere, but um, mostly be happy just like retiring as a Formula One driver and then going and living his life out as he wanted to. Whereas I think Lewis Hamilton has so many other things. I mean, he's Lewis Hamilton himself as a brand. He's one of the most recognisable sportsmen in the world. You, David Beckham didn't disappear. After he stopped playing football, you know, it's if anything, you you could argue that the he he became the big global celebrity after he stopped sport, like more so because it, it, he had a management team managing his personality as a brand. I can see Hamilton going going down that route, be it music or as well. He, you know, it's as a musician m- musician myself. Um, if you don't you don't have to be good to get the draw you know i think this is it's always a bit unfair i think when you've got a sportsman like like the the constant uh, three looks four wheels joke, jokes are going on about jack Villeneuve's music um i always think it's it's unfair to a certain point if i'm if i'm being perfectly honest because the if you are, if you have that in you, anyone, anyone listening to this, if you, if you, if you are involved in any type of creative endeavor, having that in you to do those things, it doesn't like. It's almost like having having all that money behind you is a blessing and a curse because it means you can go and do the stuff that uh, you want to. But because you're good at something else, people want you to be exceptional at the other thing you're doing. So if you're just bang average at it then people will grumble about it, but you have the financial resources behind you to take that bang average thing and show it to the world. So, I th- yeah, I I do feel... I, f- I feel sorry for guys like that get a bit of stick because they've been successful and successful in one field, but they have that creative spark to them that makes them want to go and do something. And it's... Music's, music's a crazy thing. Music is a slice of your soul or anything, anything you're proud of, anything you, anything that wasn't there before you suddenly decided to bring it into reality, be it a record, a painting or a podcast. It's, it's a little slice of your personality and criticism on those. That's what people should be very, criticism's good, but people should be very careful of criticism because sometimes, Sometimes people think that to to give criticism it has to be negative. Nobody, um, 
it's it's easier to tell somebody, oh yeah, but this was wrong, rather than find the things that you like in something. So that's just my two pence worth of what I think Lewis Hamilton probably do after Formula One. But anyway, where would he go? Would he go to Ferrari if if Seb Vettel leaves this year? They're going to need to do something, aren't they? Um, would he go? Would Mercedes have him? I think Mercedes would drop Bottas like he came home covered in dog poop. Um, if it meant getting Max Verstappen in the team. Especially if they can, I don't know how the the contracts work because the we're getting closer to twenty twenty one regulations being signed off. So if they they could, I don't know if they could sign him for twenty twenty and sign him in principle because the the new regulations might be in by that point. I, I'm not sure, but it is <sighs> Red Bull do seem like a. A kind of a spent force at the minute. I think there's a there's a kind of a bit of lack of direction about them. I think you can see that in in maybe some of the driver choices. Like it was certainly since Sebastian Vettel left there, they'll throw a driver in that car, like it's Toro Rosso, and I don't think that's what you should do with the main team. The main team should be kept a little bit more special, I think. Yeah, you know, but. I I can see him being somewhere else next year. You know, he's not a Ferrari. He's sorry, he's not a Red Bull young driver. He was he didn't come up through the program. I don't think there's any he he seems to be one of those guys, especially with his dad being a Formula One driver as well. His his commitment is to himself. I don't think there's he just wants a fast car. I don't. I don't think there's any emotional connection there to Red Bull. I think it would. It was. It will probably be a much harder decision for Daniel Ricciardo when he left Red Bull than it will be for Max Verstappen when he's when he decides to. I don't know what Red Bull do for drivers if if that happens because, I mean, would you bring Albon into the team? He's doing very well, but realistically, when you look at how they've brought drivers through and how quickly they've done it, you'd you'd wonder why do you leave him? Would you leave him? in Tarasso for another year I I think they might um they might regret losing Carlos Sainz if if uh, Max Verstappen suddenly decides to leave but anyway moving on for one I think I think it would be Mercedes uh, big congratulations to Jamie Chadwick she won the inaugural uh, uh, w series race at hockenheim uh unfortunately i was i didn't realize it was on saturday i thought it was on sunday and um i missed it which is a shame but i uh, i'm still i'm still undecided but if it if it gives it, i think this is going to end up being a feeder series into gp3 that's or you you might get somebody going from G, G, from from W series into GP two. I I was a bit upset when I found I thought when it was all first proposed that they were going to give the, these women GP two cars to race in. Um, I'm just not like I I, I find the uh, I find the idea of equal representation very strange i don't think i don't think reputation should be equal i think i think uh, reputation should be based based on merit i also don't think that we haven't had a formula uh, a female formula one driver uh, for a long time 
because not well not because not because of gender but because of talent and it's it's not a that's not me saying a woman couldn't be a formula one driver of course they could but it comes down to simple mathematics certain things are predominantly more of a gender will go towards you know it's you you are so quickly labelled a um, a sexist by saying things like this, but it's not it's not really sexist. It's it's a fact. There is more more women are drawn to go into sciences, for instance. Now I think there's more I think there's more doctorates given out to women than men over the last two years. I think so. And um, like motor racing is one of those things that tends to be the draw of the. Uh, drawn to like younger boys I mean my son for instance I I don't he's two he's not even two yet he's two in July and um, I gave him a little Ray toy racing car and we had he hadn't he'd never had a toy racing car before but instinctively he stuck it on the ground and he started racing with it it was really strange and you just think to yourself like where do you get that from I do think there's certain things that come baked into us because we different traits of different people suit certain things and that like i said that's not to say that there won't be female formula one drivers of course there will i just think that maybe in our push at the minute for representation that we're not pushing for the right reasons we're pushing for the statistics rather than the merit of the of the of the people that are doing it what you'll probably find with the W series is if we're if we're really lucky, one of these girls will be exceptional, and I think that's that on its own is a good thing. If it if that helps us find a an exceptional female racing driver, but I know she never came to came to Formula One. Danica Patrick did not need an all women's racing series. To, to become successful and to compete with men. And for just like FYI, Danica Patrick, pretty down on the whole women's series. Um, but yeah, you get the people like uh, Susie Wolf, which personally, I, I think even with her Dare to be Different campaign, the the idea that she tried to get into Formula One, couldn't get into Formula One because, let's face it, she wasn't good enough. And then just completely left motor racing. She completely left motor racing, and she didn't. She didn't want to do it. It's like, well, I can't be Formula One driver. I don't want to race anymore. And I don't like. I don't understand how somebody, how somebody can pretend to be a role model and do that. You know, if you if you want to be a role, if you want to be a role model, you lead by example. You go, look, well, you can't do this, but I can be a WEC driver, or I can do this, or I can do that. Um. So what? It, it almost seems like a mask in that case, whereas, oh, well, I'm not going to be a Formula 1 driver, but I can tell other people they can be, which is is good. You know, it's 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 good in a way. It's 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 There's merit to it. But that's, you know, I don't think, I don't think not daring to be different isn't why she made, she made it into Formula 1, or why she didn't make it into Formula 1. Driving into the pack, back of a very, of an almost stationary Maldonado, or was it Massa? Maldonado or Massa, I think. I think they were in a Williams. I think that was that was one of the things. But again, it's 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 it seems to be the people that wouldn't have necessarily made it 
made splashes in motorsport that seem to be really really on board with all this um i think it's it's much better like you see the the lady that's in um for formula 2 at the moment she's you know she's done this on on her own manner she's she's done that because of other results and well i think i think we we even touched on three legs for wheels she didn't particularly have great results but she's there without having to come through a single gender racing series so i don't know i i'll watch the next race i w- i will watch the next race because i would be i would be a hypocrite I, I mean, obviously, I've I've looked up at the results. I looked at the, I watched some highlights. I watched Ted's wrap up of it. Um, so I'm not I'm not talking completely out of my ass when we're talking about it. But it would be hypocritical of me not to give it a go. But as all that being said, congratulations, Jamie, and I'm glad you won your first race in W Series. Um, we have some. Jacques Villeneuve news. Jacques Villeneuve news being... Oh, God, I just pressed the wrong button. There we go. Jacques Villeneuve news being he's been talking again. And I love it when Jacques Villeneuve talks. Because when Jacques Villeneuve talks, I listen. Um, Lots of people are down on Jacques. I think he speaks a lot of sense most of the time. And he's gone on to say... Uh, when you look at what the, the position Ferrari in... Ferrari should have kept Charles Leclerc in in the um, Alfa Romeo for another year rather than bring him up to the main team because they don't know what to do with a hungry young driver and a, and a, a four-time world champion. And I think you'd have to be blind to disagree with them. Um, they owned Charles. They could have left him where he was. They, uh, Sebastian Vettel would have had his his last throw at the dice of winning a world championship for Ferrari with everything going in in his favour. But he's not going to. He's not going to win a world championship. And I don't think Ferrari are going to do particularly well this year, the way they're going. Mercedes should be chasing Ferrari, I think, on a as a whole at the moment. But, you know... We're getting to Spain now. That that could all shift round. Ferrari, Ferrari might have missed those few races where they actually had the advantage on Mercedes. I think Mercedes reacted fantastically in Baku with the way that they dropped a load of drag from their car, just what, wherever they could by putting little serrated edges on it and stuff like that. It was so so aggressive what they did. They knew they knew they needed to do something to drop some of that drag and to get that straight line speed up, and they fucking did it. So, I don't know. I'd love to know what you guys think. If you want, you just want to give me a text. A text. Yeah, just give me a text. I'll, I'll just give you my mobile number in a second. Now, if you want to tweet me, and I want to know what you think about this. I love Charles Leclerc. I think he's, he, he seems like a great guy. He seems like he's going to be a great driver as well. I'm still not. I'm still not on the. He's a definite world champion bandwagon. Yeah, you know, he doesn't look like. Um, He doesn't look Max Verstappen level. And I know I was pretty harsh on Max at first because he was so crashy, but it's, you know, he was crashy at first. Come on, he was crashy. I uh, I want Charles to do well. I even want Ferrari to do well. And I'm no, I've never been a particular big Ferrari fan. But even I, when you look at them and look at the, issue, the issues they've got, 
I can't I, I can't help feel bad. I want I want some challenge to Mercedes. I mean, it would ha- it, there would have to be double Mercedes retirements now for Ferrari to catch them up in the constructors and and beat them. I don't think I don't think the that's going to happen. I think the constructors is very near done. Uh, and it's after the summer break. After the summer break is when Lewis Hamilton turns up and starts starts actually moving towards winning this championship. He's only one point behind. He's had, he's had a really good start to the year. Valtteri Boss has a really good start to the year as well. And Ferrari just trip over each other, like constantly trip over each other, make bad strategy calls. Uh, I think, is it Bonotto, the 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 new, um, the new manager? I think he's going to be thought of as maybe a misstep for Ferrari because that's a good car this year Ferrari have got. So I, I realised Bonotto would have been in the team when it was being built because he's a designer. But you can't not give Maurizio Rivabene some props for what that car is this year. I don't think Maurizio is doing a particularly bad job and it seems like more of a personality clash with Sebastian Vettel. So... It might it might bite Ferrari making that making that decision. It's going to be interesting what happens in Spain because it, it it's looking like um, Vettel and Charles are just going to be really closely matched for the whole year. I I you know I I don't think um, I don't think Charles has shown that he's much faster than Sebastian. I think he's shown that you know in the, in a certain sections of the race he's been he's been quicker, but I think he's probably on par. That's why I'm not sure about the whole world championship thing yet because if we don't think that Sebastian Vettel is capable of beating a Lewis Hamilton driven Mercedes, then I don't know why we would think that somebody that seems to be on that level on the same level. I mean, you know, it's, and let's face it. If he's on the same level as a four-time world champion, with that, but in his second year, there's no reason why he can't become better and and be able to challenge for that championship. But if we don't think if we don't think Vettel can do it, I don't know why we'd think a driver that's driving to the same level would do it, just because he's an underdog and we want him, we want Ferrari to take him more seriously. But yeah, I'd I'd be interested to know what you think about that. Do you think Ferrari would be better off right now if? They'd come into the season with the best car and with Sebastian Vettel as number one driver and Kimi Raikkonen as number two. I I would argue, yeah, I mean, Kimi's driving well, but I think one of the reasons Kimi's driving well is because he's not getting any of the Ferrari bullshit. He's just turning up. He's putting the white suit on instead of a red suit and not many people speak to him unless it's about, do you want more front wing or should we alter the diff? And um, that seems to be what's propelling him to do these pretty, you know, in a, in a, in a decent mid grid car, he does seem to be at least putting the car where it deserves to be at best outperforming it slightly. Um, the last story I've got to talk to you about is I'm very, very excited about, uh, and Oh, sorry. It's not the last one. I've got two more. God, God, two more. Fernando Alonso, as you all of you probably know, I have a soft spot for Fernando. I would say he is my favourite non-British driver in the history of Formula One. I've never uh, Montoya is a close second, but uh, 
yeah, as, as far as non-Brits go, it's I, I always looked at Alonso as the guy that saved me from watching Schumacher win all the time. Uh, he's leaving the World Endurance Championship. Uh, I think he's got one race in the um, in the World Endurance to do. I think he's going to do Le Mans 24 hours again. And then that's him. That's He said he's closing the door on that chapter of his racing career. He's been linked with an attempt at Dakar Rally. But that's one race, isn't it? I know it's going to take a lot of preparation to get there. But it's one race. Alonso doesn't seem like the sort of man that wants to do one race. I think you know where I'm going to go with this. So where does where, what does this mean for Alonso? Alonso has said that... Um, uh, I'll, re- I'll read the quote. Uh, when he was asked about Formula One and if he was planning to, planning to come back, he said, "My idea is not to come back. When I left, when I said uh, last year, when I said bye bye, it was because I felt the chapter was already complete. But uh, coming back is not the plan. But if something happens and a great opportunity arrives, I'll probably consider it. I don't close any doors uh, to anything in the future. Now." I I do think that's I think I think Fernando would want to come back to Formula One if he was given a winning car. Of course, he would want want to come back to Formula One. I think that's the thing. I think he doesn't want to have left Formula One. I think he wants he wanted a, a car that was matched his considerable talent. Uh, I think that's perfectly reasonable. He's he's too good and he's too inexperienced a driver to hang around in fucking. 18th like he was doing in the uh, with with Honda McLaren uh, I don't I mean he's 38 so I um, I don't know I don't know whether he would necessarily be able to be able to leave it too long like maybe would tw- I think twenty twenty one would be the, would be would be the last attempt, wouldn't it? You know, you I can still see a a short a Fernando Alonso comeback in a bit in a big team in twenty twenty one. It would make it would make sense. It makes sense if, if even for next year, if he was deciding to do something, just the fact that he's turning up to do the McLaren tests to test next year's tires should speak volumes. And I know McLaren are going to turn around and say, "Oh yeah, well that's that's because we want his input on the tires." I'm sure they do, and I'm sure his input is fucking fabulous. But uh, I I can't help thinking that Alonso is more self-serving than just I'm doing this to help McLaren. So. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Fernando Alonso back in Formula One. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Fernando Alonso back in Formula One in a Ferrari, especially if Sebastian Vettel leaves. It just makes total sense. I mean, or if Sebastian Vettel leaves, if uh, Max Verstappen goes to Mercedes, then you would have a Red Bull seat open and you would have a Ferrari seat open. It would be interesting if. I think I think Fernando probably thinks he could win a world championship in the Ferraris that are being built now. So especially because him too, he would he would have Sebastian Vettel treatment plus some. Like he wouldn't come back to Ferrari if he wasn't the number one driver 
and Charles Leclerc knew he was the number one driver. There'd be none of this. Oh, he might let him through. But no, no, Fernando is faster than you if he's if he's back in the team. But it just makes you wonder. I, I wonder what series he would go for next. I've always wondered whether Formula E would be an option for Fernando. Um, it's Formula E's doing much better than it has done. I think he'd probably get a big money offer to go there because I think he'd probably get his contract with whatever team he was going for along with some sort of signing bonus from the owner of Formula E. I think just to have that Alonso name tied with Formula E, they would, they would drop big, big, big bucks for that. But yeah, again, let me just give me a tweet. Let me know. Let me know what you think Fernando is going to do next year. Uh, the last bit of news we had, which I don't actually have anything for here, is the first details of the new Formula One game of Horizon, and um, it looks pretty good. I was pretty down on the new Formula One game when it released, and I found myself completely addicted to the career mode to the point where an hour ago I won my fifth world championship. Um. It's you. You start off in your career mode now. You start off in GP two last year. So they. So I think they've got the twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen GP two cars. Uh, you sign to a driver academy. You have. You pick GP two rivals. Uh, oh, sorry, F two rivals. I, I always call it GP two. It's Force Force India syndrome. You you get to pick two rivals. Apparently, one is a more of a snarky "I hate you" type rival, and the other one's more of a uh, the way Lewis Hamilton and Alonso are now with each other, where it's like a mutual respect thing. And there's something I don't know how they're going to do it because I know Formula One teams have been very, uh, very, what's the word, like uncooperative with allowing video game manufacturers to let the team, let drivers swap around because that I, I i actually spoke to the um creative director of codemasters who was who was overseeing formula one when they did the um the first couple of games uh I, hood mike i think his name is hood lee oh i can't remember i'm sure his surname is hood and um he said to me that they they would love to do a live uh, like championship sort of thing where there would be you could approach other teams and but other t- other drivers could approach your team and you could have like an, a, a you could have a Max Verstappen move to Mercedes, but the teams pay a lot of money for drivers and they want those drivers in their cars because that's what all the all the promotion is. It's the same reason why why the damage isn't as good as you want it to be in racing games and Formula One games because car manufacturers and teams don't want to see their car smashed up I think it's fucking ridiculous nobody's going to crash a car in Forza and go oh my god look at the state of that I don't want to buy one of those anymore all you need to do is look at games like Wreckfest to see just how good deformation could be on on these racing games but the car manufacturers won't allow it but sorry back to the point it would appear that these GP2 guys that you will get as rivals will come to Formula One with you through this career. It seems a little bit like the FIFA My Player or whatever it is, their their sort of single player story campaign. And your relationship with them will change depending on how you come across each other on track. 
that seems really good to me, but I find it more interesting that there's be, even been this little bend, if that means that uh, me and Johnny Knobhead, whoever it happens to be, uh, who's my rival in GP2, he can suddenly start driving for Ferrari and Sebastian Vettel isn't in a Ferrari anymore. I find that I find that really interesting. I'm I'm really really down for that because it'll sort of shake things up a bit hopefully. And it hopefully is one it's one more step forward to the live like championship where we we can have like real driver moves and stuff. Football doesn't matter. You know, it's it's one of the parts of football games, isn't it, where you manage your team, you can manage your team, you can manage your drivers. I I would like an um a Formula One one game where you could you could make a team and either choose to be like a player manager and drive the car, or you could just manage a Formula One team on a on one of the Xbox games. I think that'd be fucking great fun. But it's coming out in June, so we we don't have long to wait for it. It's also going to have hefty uh, esports um, integration. Apparently, it's going to be easier to sign up for leagues and stuff like that, and, and less maybe, maybe less jumping around, going to different uh, websites, trying to work out what to do. I tried some esports once um, ages ago. I tried joining the Formula One league. I think it was in like two thousand and eight or two thousand nine, nine, nine or ten, and um, I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. To be perfectly honest, it was being having to be ready to go to race at a certain time and. Uh, I, I'm not very good with times, as you might have noticed, because I haven't managed to get my stream, game streaming started uh, this week, which is something I am definitely working on because I really do want to sit down with you guys, play some video games, and we can have a little bit of a chat. Um, but yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably try the esports thing, definitely. I've been looking at some wheels and some racing seats and stuff like that. So if I'm going to start maybe doing some game streaming and maybe doing some esports i'm not gonna spend 20 grand on an uh on a setup i might spend a couple of hundred maybe maybe five four or five maybe so that would be cool that's something i'd that's something i'd really like to get into is um you guys being able to watch me desperately trying to be competitive with eight-year-olds and my 37-year-old slow reactions uh, I hope you guys are going to get the game anyway. Maybe we can get, maybe we can sort some sort of community game night out or something like that over the uh, over the course of it. Uh, I've got a couple of questions from listeners that I'm going to get to right now. Um, there was on literally a couple of questions because uh, again I was fucking awful. Uh, another fine and almost certainly very sensible question from Friday Morning Club uh, who do you think is the best dancer amongst the drivers and what would their specialised dance be I don't know I'd like to watch Valtteri Bottas do a robot he seems like he'd be pretty good at a robot I think um Daniel Ricardo might be a break dancer. I could see him break dancing. It also that's break, break dancing is pretty rad, isn't it? He seems like a pretty rad guy. Vettel, I think, would be more of a ballroom dancer. Same as Charles Charles Leclerc and Vettel ballroom dancing. That's what I want to see. Well, well we've <laughs> we fixed that. Um, Ed Forsyth uh, messaged me today and said, 
A letter in May's F1 Racing magazine suggested awarding points for all finished finishing drivers due to the improved reliability. This would stop championship standings being decided on who had the most 13th pl- uh, places. Uh, for example, do you think that this would devalue the points system, uh, or points awarded, or help differentiate between different teams uh, who who aren't scoring consistently? Um, I don't like the idea of everybody gets a point. I never have done, and it's in the same way as I don't I don't like the idea of this modern mentality of everybody gets a medal. There are there are winners and there are losers. Um, I think the point system is pretty much perfect the way it is now. I think it's better from when it was like from first to sixth. Uh, because it's like 25 points for winning a race is huge and it's a good gap between 25 and 18. So that means it's you do get less you get less people settling for second. Like Hamilton, Jason Bottas down before that virtual safety car fucked the race up for everybody. He, uh, a few years ago, if that had been like the 10, was it 10 and nine points for like first and second? You would just sit there. You think, fucking, I'm not, I'm not risking my car around here for that. You know, it's but like the difference in points now, that could be a world championship. So I, I think the points are pretty perfect now and I don't I don't think Williams deserve points for just turning up if you know what I mean I don't I I think the the midfield battle at the moment is so good because the teams want to get into the top 10 if they were all scoring points I think I think it would save some embarrassment for people because at the end of the year every team would have some points and it's people wouldn't look at uh Williams, for instance, to go. Oh, well, hang on a second. They they scored two points every race, and that's how many points they've got. So they were last in every race. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But again, it's one of those things that for me wouldn't be a deal breaker. I think there's so many people get excited about things in Formula One, especially when it comes to change. And I I know there's going to be like there's going to be a few tweaks that come in for 2021 or get suggested for 2021 and the internet's going to explode people go no it's not my formula one never watching again i i don't think those people watch anyway i don't i think most of the time that it's the same as the um i'm never watching because of the halo and you go well you probably never watched anyway so that's my thing with them uh I think you just gotta watch it. I mean, you go. I I don't think I think they changed qualifying too quickly when the they had the elimination qualifying because it went it went wrong. I think they should have they should have hung that out for the season, not reacted to the Twitter masses, and uh, just saw how it developed. And if it didn't work come the end of the year, then fuck it off. So I would leave the point system as it is. I think it would reward teams that don't necessarily deserve rewarding and I think it would take away some of the excitement of the sport uh, and that's the, that's the last question I had um, again I hope you're enjoying this podcast thanks for listening again um, if you want to obviously this is a Musty Audio uh, production if you want to support Musty Audio so we can make more content I mean, there's quite a few shows now go, go out I'm uh, hopefully going to be in talks with 
getting an extra show onto the network that I don't actually do. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a novel thing for you to listen to a must-see audio podcast and not hear my dulcet tones or my stupid opinions? So, yeah, hopefully, you know, that's this is this is my plan is to grow it and to get it to get it to a point where you download, you can keep uh, subscribe to must-see audio, and you think, well, you know, I don't like that show, I don't like that show. But I like five others that they put out over the course of the over the course of the week, and it if we can be the if we can be the one subs, uh, subscription that you've got on your your phone that is constantly giving you something through the week that you want to listen to, that's that's what I want to do. So yeah, if you want to come and help support us, come over to Patreon. Uh, five bucks gets you all the extra stuff. You'll get the if if you happen to be in one of the areas where we get where we do adverts at the beginning, um, I. We'll be perfectly honest with you. The adverts do very little, like financially for us. I mean, to the point where it is literally dollars and not, certainly not hundreds of dollars and barely tens of dollars. But that and the little bit of patron money that comes in helps pay for. No, I mean the the gears here, the gear, the the gear, the gear I purchased for, um, on a, uh, instalment thing. So the money that comes in. I get to pay pay off the gear. I get to pay the server costs. I get to do cool stuff like getting the website up and running, so you can go and look, go. Uh, you can go to the website and see what the shows are. Uh, it's got a, that's got a nice player actually. The website, if you want to go and use it, if if you just sat at your desktop or something like that, or you don't have anything else, the the player on the the website's pretty good. That's mustseeaudio.com as well. There's also a link to the Patreon on that if you want to go and help the help the network out. Uh, other than that, if you don't want to help any, if 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 you don't want not if you don't want to help, if you don't uh, want to get involved with a patron subscription or something like that, if I can ask you to go and rate the podcast, just go and give us five stars. We don't accept less than five stars. You can say what you want about me underneath that. Don't mind as long as there's five stars at the top because that is how podcasts get on new and noteworthy. That's how iTunes work. If you if you give something five stars, then uh, the more people that do it. That is what will get us on you and noteworthy, and that's when we'll go fucking gangbusters, and then I can start doing some real damage. Um, I can't think of anything else to tell you. No, come follow me at Total Shum. I'm on Twitter all the time. Come follow me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram now and again. The Facebook feed, I've kind of fell out with Facebook. I don't like Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, he seems weird. He he. Have you, did you any? Did anyone see him on the um, the conference they did? And he's walking around the stage. It was like a robot alien dressing like a human man. Strange, strange character. Um. Yeah. So if you, if you did sign up to the patron, sorry, that's what I was going to say. You will get all the shows early, and you will get them ad free if you're in an ad area, and you will get them. Um, the extra podcast we do start continue doing extra podcast the Musi Audio shoot showed us an extra movies podcast so yeah if you want anything from me and you think you can make the show better drop me a line and we'll we'll talk about it apart from that I'm definitely I've definitely outstayed my welcome because this is the short show so I'm going to say goodbye to you and I'll speak to you next week after the Spanish Grand Prix might try and get a podcast out for the after qualifying as well. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But there will definitely be one out for Monday. Uh, cheers very much, guys. Yeah.
trabalho.